0: Hello, and welcome back to the Nostalgia FC podcast with your hosts, me, Drew Hollins Roberts, Uh, myself, George Thomas. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of football history and obscure football players. Yeah, So our guest this week is none other than Chris Roberts.
1: Now you may recognise that surname as it is Drew's dad.
0: It is my dad, yes. He is sat next to me. This is the first time I've done a podcast with someone sat next to me. With my dad, we'll be asking him his favourite to 1-11, his super sub, his manager, his kit and his favourite stadium as well. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast welcome dad or chris i should say people to the listener
2: yeah welcome chris welcome <laughs> to both looking forward to this
0: yeah so big football fan obviously as as with glenn did with george who influenced a lot of my footballing choices over the years How do you support dad
2: i support liverpool fc
0: finally there you go taking six bloody episodes <laughs> we finally got there and we had to get your
1: dad as well. That's what's funny about literally. it.
2: <laughs> well, I've got to say, during my early years, uh, I was uh, an avid follower of Wrexham. I hey. used to, to uh, Wrexham and there's a few stories to tell. But I did also support uh, Leeds, one of a young lad as well. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I don't like I that. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, it's over light. My dad was a big Liverpool fan as well, so, so I've supported him for many, many years now. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, why Leeds? Uh, my next door neighbour was a football, a Leeds football fan. Um, uh, better mind broadly disentasive, and uh, don't ask me why. But yeah, yeah, cool. I've noticed. I've noticed recently there's actually
1: quite a lot of Leeds fans around North Wales. They seem to have crawled out of the woodwork now they've been promoted again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And this is a strange one. So I spent a lot of time in uh, the great town of Blaenafastynog because that's where I work. And there's actually a large amount of Leeds fans in that area, which is literally in the back end of nowhere in Wales, and there's loads of Leeds fans. Yeah, it's
1: really odd at the moment at work. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, I work in a sports bar. The biggest games now, in order, go Liverpool are the most popular, then City, then United, then Leeds, and then Everton. It's really weird.
0: Well, obviously Everton would be at the bottom there. <laughs> <laughs> Everton have got quite a big following around here, though, haven't they? That's true. They have. It's just because yeah. of all the scouts that live in North Wales, isn't
1: it?
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's why we don't really sound Welsh. That's true. Right, Dad, so Liverpool fan, obviously influenced me becoming a Liverpool fan. Thank you for that. Well, actually, I shouldn't say thank you for the first 25 years of my life, but the past two have been pretty good. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The last two has been pretty good. There's been moments. Uh, So, Wales fan? Yes, yes. Good. As you know, I've watched them many a time. So, um, obviously, both at Wrexham and down in Cardiff as well.
0: Remember our first game down in uh, Cardiff? the Millennium, watching Wales-Azerbaijan. Certainly do. Yeah, certainly do. 4-0. Great 4-0, game, 4-0, yeah. I yeah. yeah, remember that. Lovely stuff.
2: Nice long coach trip down
0: there. Yeah, it was worth it, though. Could have been worse. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Problem
1: for us, isn't it? If ever we want to go to the Millennium Stadium, it's about a four or four, five-hour coach trip. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only
2: problem, isn't it?
0: Luckily, Cardiff is a great night out, so it's yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's my motivations for going down to Cardiff to watch the game. Good night right and Dad. Hey, it is a very good game. night out. Right, and Dad? Before we get into your team, what is your formation? Uh, I'm going for a
2: four four two.
0: Four, four, two.
2: 2 in a Classic.
0: row. Yeah, we we badmouthed Josh last week for putting a four four two, but you're bringing it back again. <laughs> Obviously, the classics are still the best. Yeah. Well, hopefully. But like you said last week, That's you true. know, people have found it out now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Maybe it's time it's a comeback because everyone's gone so fancy with their formations. Maybe yeah. four four two is on the way back. I don't think so, to be honest, but.
2: You we'll never see. know.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> right. So, with that in mind, uh, we're going to do what we usually do and start at the back and move forward. So, who have you got on goal, Chris?
2: Well, uh, obviously being a Liverpool fan, it's got to be a Liverpool goalkeeper. And a legend, uh, as in gr- Bruce Grubbler. Bruce Grubbler. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a story behind this. Obviously, I have watched him, you know, all his time over in Liverpool. think like He was there for about 15 years, I think. Somewhere along that region, played an awful lot of games. When I was a, a young man, just starting out my career in Wrexham, I uh, I went to see a friend of a friend one day up in Corporeth, a, a chap called Bob Scott, who was, in fact, at the time, playing for Crewe. Uh, walked into the house, and who was sat there? One of his mates, Bruce Grobbler. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I actually met him in person, and that was just after he signed a in uh, in 1981, Bob Scott, the, the guy who got to throwing got to quite well, or he, uh, he owned a club in Wrexham uh, called Scott's, funny enough. But yeah, that was the only time we ever met him, but yeah, it was uh, quite a nice, very nice chap. Yeah. Actually, uh, just recently moved there, so. Bit of a sketchy moustache yeah. on him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah to be yeah. fair, a goal for Liverpool, it, you know, obviously he was very uh, unpredictable, uh, very zanny. But I must say, what a fantastic goalkeeper. You know, and... Yeah, I'm actually- uh, he-
1: I was, I was just going to say, I've seen quite a lot of uh, clips of him. Because he was quite quite an agile keeper, wasn't he? Like, quick reflexes, if I'm thinking of the right one in here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had that sort of um, 1970s moustache, um, yeah. if you know what I mean. Pornstache, that's what you're trying <laughs> to say, stash, yeah. one, The one that Drew had a few weeks ago. Hang on. <laughs> oh, God. I wish he looked, <laughs> like God, God, <laughs> looked like that. I <laughs> wish yeah, he looked like he, that. He, but uh, yeah, he did have a, a good moustache, to be fair to him. But yeah, he he was. Um, I think he he introduced the mess around behind the goal line if a penalty was being taken. I was going to say, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, like the, the, the trying to put off the strikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. only
0: thing that I know about Bruce Grobler, well, one of the only things anyway, was that he inspired Jersey Dudek, Jersey Dudek yeah, to do his mad yeah. legs against AC Milan in the Champions yeah. League yeah.
2: final. That's right. He oh, really? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called the Grobler wobbly leg. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so he was. Uh, he certainly was interested in behind the goal line. That's for certain. Yeah, you know.
1: Uh, I was just going to say that's almost like a staple now for goalkeepers uh, whenever a striker walks up to take a penalty or is gearing up to take a penalty is just to do absolutely anything in your power to sort of intimidate them and put them off, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And, you know,
2: obviously the pressure that's there uh, for the penalty taker is unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? You know, especially when you've got the crowds back in the stadiums and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, at the moment it's just like practice matches, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: So. Fun fact about old Bruce. Just thought I'd uh, have a little go on this. He has represented three national teams. Can you name them? I guarantee you will not be able to name them. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can because I've got, got the same stat as you. Nope. <laughs> no, no. Ah, All
2: right, go on then.
0: He represented once, one time only, Rhodesia. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, then he represented Zimbabwe. Yeah. And then, in 2018, when he was 62 years old, <laughs> he represented Matabeleland which is an area in Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Wow. Wow. Do you know how agile he was? Yeah, well, it, that was in 2018. He made one cap. and he's oh, Sorry, he's 63 now, so he would have been 61. That's mental. That's got to be the oldest debut for a surely. National country, surely. <laughs> like,
2: surely. Fair play,
0: fair play. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously um, an inspiration to a lot of uh, goalkeepers or maybe just Jersey Dudek for that one. Twenty minutes in the, in
2: the Champions League yeah, final, yeah, but yeah, yeah. hey, it, it, it was the trophy, won you so, Champions League. Yeah, but to be fair, he, he was of that side in the eighties when Liverpool won an awful lot of trophies. Um, obviously, the league being the three or four, I think, at the time. Before United sort of uh, took a grip on it. Yeah, um, I miss those days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about that yeah, yeah. dark days. Yeah. <laughs> Great okay. choice for the keeper. Who is your right back? Well, I'm going to stick uh, to my Liverpool lineup. Bruce he's one of the older ones. I don't think I can get better than and I'll include if I can do if I can do this my left back and my right back from the current team i don't think we can get a better right and full back uh, right and left full back in the country at the moment, in fact anywhere in Europe to be fair, obviously Trent alexander arnold and Andy Robinson yes, okay um obviously Oof. it goes without saying the class on the pair of them. Uh, but I think they, they changed, or certainly the managers changed, the way they play football. Um, you know, their style of attacking, um, putting crosses in from anywhere, and, you know, the standards of the balls that they put in, are just unbelievable. You yeah, know? They've obviously had so many assists between them, I think they were top last season, the season before. Yeah, four, uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, so, and the way they can just pinpoint the ball to somebody's head or somebody's foot... It's just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, um, obviously the goal for Trent for me would be the corner in the, you know, the comeback against Barcelona, you know, which, you know, to be fair, you know, fantastic. You know, what a quick thinking person to be able to do that at that, such a young age as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think.
3: Uh,
1: you, say, you say about him being young as well. I just, I just searched him then to actually figure out what how old he is because f- it feels as though he's been around quite a few years now, but he's still only 22. Yeah. Which is yeah. insane. Yeah.
0: You think yeah. when he was 21, he, he was World Club Cup champion, European champion, European Super Cup, and Premier League for his boyhood yeah. boyhood club. Yeah, that doesn't get better than that. I don't know. Yeah. Like he can do nothing for the rest of his career, and he still would have lived his dream by the time he was 21.
2: Well, there's a I I, I, I was sent a photo the other day of Callagher coming out of the tunnel, and stood next to him was a little Trent Alexander Arnold <laughs> as his like mascot, if you like. Yeah. Um, oh, that that's looked, cool. Yeah. But yeah, what a class player, and I'm obviously very much in the English squad now, very much part of the yeah. England team. I uh, mean, it, it's hard to take him out of it.
1: Like I, I wish Aaron Wan Bissaka could, good, but I don't think even he can at the moment. Uh,
0: <laughs> I think with yeah. Trent, I think Carragher said this. He said that it's like having David Beckham at right back. Yeah, because the quality of the, the yeah. ball that he gives yeah. is just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe not the best defensive no. fullback you're ever going to no. find. No. no, but I think he make more than makes up for it with the. Quality going forward in his positional play, and he's, he's more like a centre mid playing right back, to be honest. But yeah. i and think going Klopp likes like it that way.
1: Going back to because um, uh, you've chosen both of them, haven't you? Andy Robertson yeah, as well.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, going back to them too. I think part of the reason those two are so so good is the competition between them. Yeah. Because yeah. you always hear about the sort of uh, behind the scenes sort of competition they're having with the amount of assists that they're they're getting and things like that, and they want to beat each other constantly. And from what I've heard, I don't know too much, obviously, because I'm not a Liverpool fan, but they're very good mates
0: as well. Yeah, um, yeah. They've, they've actually just released a um, four-part Instagram series <laughs> That's right. called yeah. Wingmen. Yeah, That's right. where it's them two I, driving around. <laughs> it's, thought... it's actually really funny. They've got good banter. They're a good. Obviously, they are good mm. mates in real life as well, which obviously helps with the relationship on the pitch.
1: Yeah. When you said they've released, I was there going, oh my God, have they released a Christmas song?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Thankfully, those days have gone. Yeah. yeah. The era of football we player songs,
1: yeah. Said, We've said, we said a lot about Trent, but Andy Robertson is one of those players that I think, uh, if you relate it to a United player from when we were good, uh, that Roy Keane was, that you absolutely love him if he plays for you. If he plays against you, you absolutely hate him because he's, he's mouthy, he's like tenacious, and it's just, oh, yeah. he's one of those people that really gets under your skin as an opposition fan, which is what you want on he your is team.
0: He a, a classic Scottish player, I think. Yeah. That's something Liverpool lacked for years, which sounds stupid because obviously it doesn't matter where they're from, but mm. there's something about that like Scottish steel about him where he's like going back to that Barcelona game again Yeah, when Messi's sat on the floor <laughs> and Andy Robertson sprints past him and just ruffles his head. Not in like a gentle way. It, realistically, if the referee had seen it, he probably would have booked him at least or sent him off. Yeah. But full on just ruffles his head. He clattered Suarez at the end of the half. He's just putting himself about. He just loves it. He's
2: no nonsense, isn't he? Yeah. I, I think the description you gave of him, George, is, is, is first class, to be fair, because he is, um, you know, without a doubt, you speak to anybody, they all say, what a dirty person. You know, <laughs> and he is. You know, he really is. He, he's your yeah. typical... You, you talk to anybody who's played fullback in, you know, even in amateur football and whatever. You know, the first thing they'll say is anybody who comes down that wing gets clattered. That first yeah. five minutes, you show you show them who's boss and you clatter them, you take them out of the game. And, yeah. and you know, and that's what you find with him. And he is, you know, without any doubt, he's dirty. Yeah, but he's a superb player. Sorry, Dad, I'm
0: gonna gonna swear here. It's my podcast. I don't want. He is the king of shit he loves it. And and like I say, you you two being Liverpool
1: fans can will back me up on this. You absolutely love him. Oh, whereas yeah. oh. anyone anyone playing against him yeah, yeah. hates yeah.
0: him. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. Klopp. I can yeah. see why yeah. people hate him, but I just won't because he's ours. Yeah. yeah, I think one thing about Trenton Robbo that is overlooked now is that they've made the fullback position popular again. Mm. Not saying that there haven't been players over the years that have done that, so like Danny Alves, Sam Brota, Philip Lam, you know, there's been some superstar fullbacks, but on the same team in such a successful team and doing it the way they do it they make the position look fun to play whereas I, anyone who's ever actually played fullback it's not as much fun to play because you just spend the whole time running which is why I de- yeah. definitely will never play fullback <laughs> that was my position thankfully um, <laughs> what you said as
1: well like all the all the fullbacks you mentioned uh, uh, from foreign teams as well so this is like really the first time I can't think of another fullback I'd say Gary Neville but that's like quite a uh, biased opinion of it but there's there's not been like a British team with like decent fullbacks that make the fullback position popular so you are right no, definitely no. not
0: no. one last note on Trent before we move on <laughs> one thing my dad loves about Trent is he's a similar age to my little sister and he's been trying to palm off my sister with Trent for years <laughs> saying hey Liv if your boyfriend doesn't work out Trent's always there
2: well I actually had a dream one um, <laughs> and I dreamt that Olivia had actually married um, Trent I mean,
1: <laughs> having a daughter that you're... Uh, a dream that your daughter married a Premier League footballer is uh, is an odd one, but... It's all about that money, isn't it?
3: Uh, you <laughs> I mean, know, George. <laughs> you know, I hope she she's happy her up, in yeah. her current relationship, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Mike, number one <laughs> fan. Cheers, mate. Yeah, we love Mike. All right. <laughs> Enough on the full-backs. Okay. Let's go to the, one of your centre-backs.
2: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk here about, um, obviously... Uh, a player who, in his time, was absolutely tremendous. Uh, sadly passed away this year um, through coronavirus, unfortunately, uh, at the age of 76. But he was the typical hard man of a English defence, uh, Norman Hunter. Norman Hunter played for Leeds, certainly in the 60s, 70s. In fact, He went on to manage um, a couple of teams afterwards. Certainly, his nickname was Norman Back to Your Legs. Um, <laughs> he was <laughs> extremely, if you have a look, he was extremely, he, play, he played along, Jack, alongside Jack Elton in the defence earlier, Paul Reedy and Paul Maley obviously in the Leeds defence back in the 70s. He extremely good. He, he was a member of the uh, FA Cup on his side in 72. Um, I think they won the one the. European uh, Cup, won his cup around about the same time. Was it the 69, 70? I'm not too sure now. But certainly he was one of them. But an interesting fact, he was, and I was reading this recently, he was actually a member of the 1966 World World Cup team. And it wasn't until 2007 that he was actually awarded a winner's medal. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Why was that? (laughs) I'm not sure, you know. I'm not sure. Everyone hates Leeds. It was something I read recently. (laughs) But let' like say he was just an unbelievable player. You know he, he was your typical. There was, there was a few in the league team. You had Billy Brember, obviously Norman Hunter, uh, but there was just a couple of really sort of hard players, you know, and he was very much a, a, of that sort of ill, you know, but uh, I'd like say, really good footballer, but obviously he was uh, sadly taken away from us earlier this year. So, so
0: obviously, Norman Hunter a long time before man George's time. Hmm. would you suggest that he would be a friend of VAR oh no definitely not <laughs> definitely not
1: with, with a nickname of bite your, your like bite, bite your legs I can't imagine to...
2: <laughs> inspiration to Luis Suarez but if, but if you think of <laughs> in the 70s the teams that were playing then and the football pitches they were playing on then you know the conditions of the you've only got to watch you know some of these um, these are like FA Cup ties you know in the, uh, the third fourth division sides you know, from years gone by, where the pitches would just be waterlogged, there'd be mud baths, and there'd be f- tacklers flying in from everywhere. You know, VAR couldn't cope with it these days, could it? No. You know, because just, there would be so much going on. You know, but they all got up. They literally just got up and gone on with it. That was the difference, you know. From whereas today, you see them, and you know, the slight touch, and the slightest touch, are on the floor rolling around. You know, if they've been, you know, tapped on the leg, then they roll around, which hold them ahead. You Know it's, yeah. I think, it's, um, it's a totally different game of football these days, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely
0: it is. is. European influence definitely came in there, and South American influence as well. But I mm-hmm. think, uh, just to go back to your thing about VAR, it wouldn't cope then, it doesn't cope now, so it definitely wouldn't cope it, then. It really doesn't work, does it? There's got to be something no, that's in my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I
1: don't know if you mentioned this, Chris, as well. Uh, Norman Hunter was the first winner of the PFA Players of the Year, as well. Oh,
2: right, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Wow. so I'm assuming. Yeah, he—he he
2: was. To be fair, he was. Um, you know, what you would class as a proper central defender. You know, he was a—he was a hard man, but he—he he was a good footballer. You know, he was, um, and he certainly got the crowd going, as you can imagine. Well, yeah, imagine if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're darting around tackling people with your head so you can bite their legs, you yeah. probably would get a bit of reputation. <laughs> but no, he was—he was certainly a, a you know a very successful side of the seventies Leeds, and he was a you know obviously a first team member of them. Uh, like I say, it was um, quite an interesting fact about the 1966 World Cup. I didn't realise yeah. that. You
3: know, yeah, so, I,
1: I wonder why that is as well. That's strange. Really I don't
2: know. I, I don't know what it says. I've not actually researched it, to be honest. I will just ask the public. If anyone does yeah. know, yeah. hit Listeners. us up on social media. Get on that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Let's see if your you second go. centre-back bites well, legs. Is, uh, does he a... bite
2: the legs? Or is he... no, 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 I've <laughs> got a bit more classy this time. Um, and, and I've gone for a player who I've, I've obviously watched, you know, through watching uh, European football for many, many years. And I thought I'd have some Europeans in, me, uh, in my team. Um, because, you know, obviously they, they are sometimes a bit classier than, you know, some of our other players. So I've gone for Paolo Mandini. Ooh, very yeah, nice. AC Milan, Italy. Um, again, you know, a class, class, class player. He's actually played left back and central defender. He played for many, many years. You know, front line, um, first team for both, obviously AC Mount and Italy, and, and an extremely good player. You know, very, very talented. Yeah, I think he's regarded one of the best defenders in the world up some, at some point.
0: Yeah, and as George think, made
2: reference to in the first episode, he's very handsome.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, great head of hair.
2: Well, yeah, he certainly has. I, And there's and there's hot it, or not it, for it this week. So much now, don't
1: we? <laughs> I am. Um, I, I don't know why. I remember Maldini more as a left-back. Obviously, I know he, yeah. he played both. But I don't know if he, if he did like a, Ramos, where he yeah. started as full-back and then moved centre-back. Yeah, right right. yeah, I think he started
2: left and went... I think when he became a bit less mobile, he moved into the centre.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, he, he Certainly, he, he's of that sort of same standing as, as Ramos. Unfortunately, for being Ramos, he didn't help us in the uh, European, <laughs> Cup, European Cup a couple of years ago. If you break our Salah, we will hate <laughs> you. <laughs> Unfortunately, he he, he upset Salah, didn't he? So he took Salah. Ramos off, is but, another player that's like yeah. uh, you love him if he plays for you, you hate him yeah, if he doesn't. Yeah, and, that, and, yeah. That, and that's the issue, you know. Obviously, but Will Maldini, I think he's just got that cheek and that sort of that class, that footballing class, which you know he could play play out of danger. You know, instead of just hoofing the ball up. You know, he he would play out of danger, he would put somebody up, you know, we put somebody on, on the attacking in attachment away. Yeah, know, he, so as a really... centre
1: back he he had that flair that, that that crop of Italian players had at that time.
2: Yeah. Which yeah, probably
1: yeah. would have been a scary national team to come up against. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I think with um one thing that people sort of forget about Maldini as well, he was a one club man. He only ever played for Milan. Mm. Uh made six hundred and forty seven appearances, which is obviously a mm. lot yeah. of appearances, and he retired when he was forty one. So to play for oh, a, a European giant like AC Milan, it says yeah. a lot. I think it says a lot about players when their their style of play has longevity like that. So if he's forty one but he can still play, obviously he's got something to offer. Especially oh. in such a challenging position as centre back, where you have mm-hmm. to be a bit physical. If you've got the traits that can carry you through with your like passing and positional awareness, like Maldini had, you can just sort of cruise through till you're forty one, and then no one even notices that you're still there because you're forty one, but you're playing like you're in your mid twenties. Great player.
1: Playing for Milan as well, like when he he had his debut for Milan to when he uh, retired, it was 1984 to 2009. Oof, that's
2: a massive career, isn't it? Yeah, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: a huge thing about Maldini as well. This is a great fact for uh, football fans everywhere. His dad, Cesar Maldini, played for Milan. Paolo Maldini played for AC Milan. Yeah. And his son, Daniel his son, Maldini, Daniel Maldini, Maldini yeah. uh, made his debut last season. And is now playing for Team really? Milan.
2: Wow! Is the he three defense?
0: generations? Uh, I think so. Yeah. In fact, no. Daniel is an attacking midfielder, so he's not followed in the, the steps of his grand his grandfather and his dad. He's gone completely up at the end of the spectrum. Well, if he's anything like his dad, you'll have no, which is really
1: doesn't always really- work out like that, does it? Unfortunately, no. no,
0: no, no. In fact,
1: watching watching the United game this week, um, Clive came off the bench, and I I remember as he came off, I was like, "Is that any relation to?" You? And then they sort of mentioned it's it, sad, isn't it? There. yeah. Just be pretty cool. It's cool uh, to see stuff like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah,
0: I think it doesn't always work out. I mean there's some players that aren't as talented as their, their fathers at football. I'd like to think I'm better than my dad at football, but <laughs> 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 But no, I think like if oh, you look sorry. at um the Wright Phillips, obviously their dad's Ian Wright, Bradley Wright Phillips, yeah. Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah. Both had great careers. Yeah. You got like Alex Osai Chamberlain, yeah. Yeah. yeah the the one that always gets me is the the Zidane boys because they're not called Zidane they they chose no, their not. mother's name so they don't get lumped in with their dad but they all came through the ranks at Madrid and I don't think any of them are still there I think they've all moved on
1: I sort of I sort of understand that stance yeah. on it as well like imagine trying to follow in the footsteps of Zinedine Zidane
0: like yeah mm. at the club he made his name as well <laughs> it's yeah. impossible isn't it I want to see more terrible players' sons come through <laughs> I want to see... Let's hope for you, Andrew. Oh, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for City, Rory De Lapp's son, Liam De Lapp, made his debut this season. Oh, obviously, right. Rory De Lapp, very famous for the throw-in the and throw-in, not much yeah. else. Yeah. But I think, as far, as far as I'm aware, Liam De Lapp made his debut and actually scored on his debut for City. So obviously, he's oh, a wow. decent player if he's playing for City under Pep. So uh, I don't think he's followed in his dad's footsteps of just lobbing the ball every time he gets the chance.
2: Uh, which side do you want to start on, Chris? Well, I'll, I'll go on the right hand side and I'll start off with. So, this this player here now, well, I, what I've got, I've basically got four midfielders. As in centimeters? Yeah. So, as in, you know, they're all midfield players. like So, um, should hope so in the midfield. And I'm going to start off with uh, a very famous Wrexham player from uh, the 60s and 70s. He's actually, joined Wrexham in 1959, I think it was. Played through the sixties and into the seventies up till seventy nine. Who, in fact, he, he he was an absolute class little player, only small guy. Uh, Avon Griffiths. So I don't know whether you remember either remember him. Oh yeah, no. definitely. Well, I was born ninety three, <laughs> and George <laughs> born ninety four. No, so. no, I know that. But with you being you know Wrexham followers, I just wonder whether you remember him. Can't say I so, do. Avon Griffiths, uh, little personally, little, I don't know. Yeah, a little, little blonde haired fella. Your, your dad obviously remember him. Uh, so yeah, in, in the seventies, I I used to go to Wrexham quite a bit. Uh, both in my dad and a friend of my dad's, so we actually went to the 1976 FA Cup quarter final in Turf Moor in Burnley when Wrexham played them uh, and actually lost one nil. Sadly, um, mm. believe it or not, there was 36,000 people at that stage in that, stadium that Oof, day. Wow! <laughs> you think for a team like Wrexham, man, you know it was it was fantastic, but certainly uh, Alan Griffiths was just one of those players. He how would you describe him? He, he was like your sort of, your skulls, if you like. He was all over the pitch. He had his hand in everything. He would score goals. But he was a, you know, he, he was a, a real, real class, class little midfielder. Mm-hmm. You know, he could make goals. He could score goals. Defensively, he was good as well, you know. So, he, he just, it he, he just, he, I just remember him from, obviously from those times. Another little fact, I went to work in Gresford as the sort of village Bobby there. Uh, first, sort of in 1983, going round, sort of you know, introduce myself. I walk into the news agent. Who's the news agent? Avon Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs> so you so met
1: you met a few of your team. Yeah, yeah.
2: So sorry. So he was working in there. He was the, he was a news agent. Oh, he owned it. <laughs> he owned it. Not fair play. <laughs> and he actually oh, well. lived, around the, he lived around the corner from me. It's quite. It's a hell of a post football career that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a lot of them, did you know? Because bear in mind, they didn't earn the money that nope. they, that they do now, isn't it? So. You know, obviously, but he, I think he was manager uh, of Wrexham. I think um, he was. I think yeah, he, I think he managed a crew as well. I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yep. Um But certainly, yeah. So I used to have a obviously have a chat with him when I was there, and you know, we talk about the, the you know the games during the uh, the seventies when I used to go. Certainly, you know. But yeah, he I say he was a, a really big servant for Wrexham, and I thought it'd be, be nice to sort of have him in my team. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a great
0: guy. You missed yeah, something out about him, which I, I want to bring up. He left Wrexham. Yes, and he actually went to Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> for one season. What, what a move from Wrexham to Arsenal. That's mad, isn't it? So, obviously, 1961, 62, that's actually before you were born. Yeah. So, were Arsenal good in those days? I would have thought so. Were they at Wrexham level? Yeah. Are they, were they a bit higher?
2: Well, I think he, um, he, he was part of the Wrexham side that were in, like, sort of Division 3, got promoted to Division 2, I think, or was it Division 4 to 3? I can't remember now. But certainly he, he was part of that team you know, during the, 60s the glory and 70s. Days. Yeah, The glory. Well, yeah, they were. But what do you think, but in, in those days as well, they had some some big runs of the FA Cup. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you have a look. Well, they beat Arsenal in the FA Cup, I was going to say. Nicky yeah.
0: Thomas, I remember yeah. that. Well, yeah. I don't remember it, but I've seen videos of yeah, it. Well, yeah, well, yeah.
2: I, <laughs> I, I've i been to, like, uh, you know, I actually worked in a few of the matches when I was there because I was there for 10 years. So, you know, I used to police the uh, the games, you know, every other, every other weekend. You know, so we used to go up there, uh, go to the games. We used to go off duty as well and watch him. You know, but certainly. Chris yeah, was uh, a
1: policeman, by the way. If anyone, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't just
2: <laughs>
0: randomly chosen. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> That's how they do policing in Wrexham. It's yeah, just yeah.
2: A, you a, to go down chat with the rotation. Game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was a big, he was a big servant to Rexham. I must admit, you know, and, but he was a really good player. If you can get some footage of him, it'll show you he's a really good player, very, very skillful, and again. You know, he, he just had that sort of presence on the football pitch. You know, even though he was quite small, he did have a really good presence on the pitch. You know, and yeah. I think he got—he's actually an MBE, if I remember—if I yeah, he is. yeah, he right. is. for yeah.
0: services to Wrexham. Yeah. So I don't know if that's actually why, <laughs> for services to news agents. Yeah. <laughs> so you said they're all midfielders. Did you mean they're all
2: central midfielders? Yeah. Well, well, I think he played. from I right, he played on the right. But right. he could play midfield or forward. As well. So he's not like a conventional winger, is that? No, right, no, no.
0: But you don't have any conventional wingers. on am no no. no, no, Okay, I, I, I like me. You know, me. hey, that's fine. It's your team. That's your okay. team.
2: Because you um, obviously, we've got our wingers as in as in Trent and Andy Robertson. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but here we've got. I mean, that's a good point. You don't need wingers at M T, do you? That's true. No. no. So um, I'm going to go next to uh, again <laughs> a player I've actually seen, never met, but I've actually seen, um, and. To me, he was uh, utter class, uh, um, okay? uh, Brazilian this time. So we're going with uh, Falco. Falco. Okay? Falco. His, his actual full name, I'll give you his full name, is Paulo Roberto Falco. Okay? Played for PS Roma. Nice. I actually saw him in 1984 when Wrexham played Roma <laughs> in the European Cup Winners' Cup. Wow, yeah. Wrexham playing Roma, that's it. A... <laughs> Wrexham played Roma in the, um, I can't remember what round it was now, but I think they went out to Italy, they played them there, and, and they, they lost 2-0, I think they, I think they lost 2-0 at Wrexham, either 2-0 or 1-0 at Wrexham, which to be fair wasn't a bad result considering you know the, the quality of players that they had. But Falco, he was a big tall blonde-haired guy, very similar to Franz Beckenbau. in statue, in presence, but an absolute class, class player. You know, he he would just control the game. You know, the ball would come to him in the middle of the field and he would just put it anywhere. You know, his, his passing ability and his um, his reading of the game was just superb. And, and he was just... I, I can remember going there because I get off, I, did, I wasn't actually working that night. I went off duty to see it. Um, To be fair, it was just class, you know, watching him play. Because it's small pitch like Wrexham. Yeah. You know, you think of the big yeah. pitches they play now. But, you know, the race course obviously is quite a small pitch, isn't it? But his presence was just absolutely superb. Obviously a very popular player. Just seeing here, he's uh, earned
0: the nickname the 8th King of Rome when he was playing at Roma. And he was inducted into the Roma Hall of Fame in 2013. So obviously for such an illustrious club with such deep history to get that sort of acclaim from the fans, considering Italian fans spend a lot
2: of time hating the players that play for their team. Yeah, but Falco, when when he played for Brazil as well, you know what, again, to be able to play the Brazilian side anyway, you know, um, I think you know it's uh it just shows the standard, the quality. And as Drew said, you know he was he was highly regarded in Italy, you know. So, but it's again his presence in the Brazilian side. He was there for a long time, you know. Very, very good player. But if he, if you look at the picture, he, he looks similar to Beckenbach, He's got that sort of yeah, he that does. sort of uh, you know that sort of essence. Is that sort of receding hairline. Yeah (laughs) Anyway this is This is going to be Very controversial Now my next choice But I think I'm going to put a player In here who I'm I'm a football fan Okay I'm going to put a player In here And I I like people who When I watch a game And if they impress me You know it's a case of Doesn't matter who they play for You know I'll Yeah you know, I I like watching people Who can play football If you like
0: Uh, Are you alluding to United player here Yeah Oh Jesus Christ why I invite you on this podcast to
2: take away from United players, and there we are. Hey,
1: hey, my dad, my dad put a Liverpool player in his third.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put one in here. Who, you know, to me, he's, he, I describe him as a little terrier. So I'm sure you'll guess it. Uh, Paul Scholes. Yeah, yeah. even worse. Um, <laughs> I, I've got to say, you know, watching football all these years, and you know, obviously watching Liverpool United and watching well, yeah, United games and whatever. Uh, I've got to say, he—he he, he, to me was one of these I could change a game. You know, um, fantastic. You know, scoring ability, passing ability. Uh, again, very, very grouchy. Uh, I think he's grouchy on and off the pitch. To be fair, he? yeah, uh, he's not the most popular of people, is he? But I've got to say, as a football, his football ability is his. You know, first class. To be fair, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah, he, he always has that sort of attitude. He's not the most sort of happiest players on the pitch, is he? You know, he's he's there to do a job no. and, and he would just get on with it. You know, but obviously, what it, what he did do when he was playing, obviously, was, you know, to be fair, first class, you know, you he, he, he couldn't fault him. it be from his own half or inside the, you know, the opponent's half. You know, he could put a ball anywhere. Um, and obviously, his scoring ability was second to none, wasn't it? You know, to be fair. Part of that class of 92, I believe, was he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was.
1: You, know? you say about his grumpiness on the pitch as well, it's... Uh... It's funny because that's, that's obviously
0: moved on to his punditry as well. He just seems to not want to be there ever. Like <laughs> They have him on the side of the pitch with like some enthusiastic pundits like Michael Richards or someone like that, just being really happy and really just excited to be there. And then you've just yeah. got Paul Scholes being like, Oh, is this done yet? I've got, I just want to head home.
1: Yeah, he, he never seems to want to be there. So <laughs> who is your final midfielder, Chris? Well,
0: who do you think? <laughs> there's well, only, if it's, one, there's if only it's, one
2: midfielder for me, isn't it? If it's not <laughs>
0: who I think it's going to be, then this podcast was a waste of time, and we'll see you next week.
2: Well, but it this way uh, my my last midfielder is the future Liverpool manager, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard, all right, <laughs> now we're
0: back. Enough of that <laughs> skulls nonsense. but I I was waiting to comment on this before you said it you said Scholes' goal scoring was second to none He's second to a lot of people I suppose Scholes could not score goals in comparison to Gerrard or Lampard or many other central (laughs) midfielders
2: of the Premier League era (laughs) he he, you know I think it's uh, when you talk about Steven Gerrard you know you're talking about um, somebody who's got so much passion I don't think I've ever seen anybody with so much passion as Steven Gerrard Um, you know I watched all the um you know, the films so from when he was young, you know, there's a few films out there of when he was young and all the way up to, you know, uh, when he retired running from football. Um, he's never lost that passion. And he's still the same now. If you watch him, you know, I watch quite a lot of the Rangers games and, you know, you watch him now and he's still exactly the same. He's just got that yeah. mad, mad passion. Even when he comes back to Liverpool, you know, he was at the, when they won the Champions League, you know, when they won that, he was in the Suns. And you know, it was just unbelievable to watch. You know, he, he just—he's just got that passion, but I've never seen anybody else has got no. about a team. You know, and, and his sheer presence on the pitch. You know, we've been to see him a few times, haven't we? Yeah. You know, and his sheer presence on the pitch. You know, when he comes on, it's just everybody just loves him. I don't think. You know, and I'm sure I'm saying this obviously, Liverpool fans now. You know, but you know, you speak to any football fan. You know, they'll although they'll say about him and whatever. You know, about you know, who he is and whatever, but they can't deny his quality on the pitch, can they? No. You know, uh, his, his ability to be able to change a game, you know, within a matter of seconds, you know, is is there to be seen, isn't it? Yeah, he carried you Liverpool know. for years yeah. with just him being absolutely head and shoulders with anybody else on the
0: pitch for both yeah. teams as well. Yeah. I think he's he's in the conversation as one of England's best players. He's definitely Liverpool's best ever player, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe not Skill-wise, because we've had the players like Suarez, like Daglish, you know, amazing yeah. players. But I think passion mixed with the ability, mixed with the drive to get things done, Steven Gerrard is just head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy as well. The, the incredible history that Liverpool have, and the rich history that Liverpool have. If you said to someone, name a Liverpool player, the first person that comes into anyone's head, like I can imagine, is Steven Gerrard as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it is, you know. You speak, you know. Obviously, Stevie G is the boy, isn't he? You know, that's what everybody, you know, everybody will say that, won't they? You know, it's um, he, like you say, it's just the the passion behind him. But it's it's that he's one of those players. I put him along along the signs of. I, I was tempted with Frank Lampard as well, I must admit. Jesus, what are you doing to me? Because but a Frank Lampard, they're all that same here, aren't they? When you look at the England team, you know they they were at the same time. And it was always a, you know, can they play together? Because they're so good, the pair of Matley. Like, you know, and, you know I must admit, I, I believe Gerard is better. But certainly, uh, that, that, that it was so difficult for any manager at the time to be able to put them together or not together, if you know what I mean. Because it was well, just so Whoever
1: good. was England manager at the time as well he used to put Skulls on the wing, if I remember.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Rafa, Rafa Benitez put Gerard
0: on the wing for a long time. Mm. When mm. we had Alonso and we had Mascherano and Sissoko, Gerard yeah. used to end up on the wing quite a lot. Mm. But again, he was the best oh, winger then as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think he actually won the PFA Player of the Year as the wing as a winger. But when, when he games. first
2: started, um, you know, he first as a young lad coming through uh, through the uh, into the first team, you know, um, you know even then at, at such a young age coming onto the pitch, you know, he, he'd have that passion and he'd have that presence. You know, even amongst all the more senior players, you know, he, he would have that presence straight away. You know, because obviously he gained that all the way up through his sort of you know um, junior footballing career, if you like, and I mean, as soon as he came into the first team, that was it, he just brought it with him, and he, and he was a presence straight away, you know, he wasn't one of these who had to sort of adjust, he was there straight away, you know, um, yeah. and that's what I like about him, you know, he's just uh, a game changer, you know, um, and I don't think, you know, he'll never ever lose that passion, and, and I, I do believe that in maybe two or three years' time when Klopp decides to go elsewhere, or just retire, he, he hasn't decided yet, I, I certainly think that Stephen Gerrard will be the one that will replace him.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: He's doing his apprenticeship at the moment with with Rangers. (laughs) He's doing very well, extremely well. And and I think he will will come back there. Just from my own experience,
1: though, you might not want that because there is a player absolutely dear to my heart from United's past who is currently managing the side. Yeah. And I am so scared that I'm going to end up hating him. I'm so scared I'm going to end up hating him. The difference
0: being... Gerard at Rangers is doing very, very well. Yeah, it's true. A very good record yeah, whereas yeah. <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked by Cardiff after relegating them, <laughs> and then United were like, yep, you're the man for us. Yeah, that's, that's and they're man. surprised now that it's not working out. What a shock. Yeah. I, yeah. I
2: think with Gerard, you know, he used he, like, to, like I say, he is doing an apprenticeship up there. You know, he did his first 12 months with Rangers and um, I think it did him good to go to America first just to sort of uh, ease him up, ease, ease him down from football, playing football if you like. And then to come back into management, and I think he's he's gone there. First season, he didn't do that well. You know, they did well initially, didn't they? But then they just sort of dropped, dropped down a, a little bit. bit, didn't they? Certainly this time, you know, he's obviously got his finger on the pulse. He's got a better squad of players. He he, he knows his players more now. He's brought in a couple of players. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, he's he's doing brilliantly well. Well, he's 13 points clear. Have they get the
0: ball Yeah, uh, What miles ahead of Celtic in the Scottish Premier League, and then they also last night as, yeah. at. Time of recording yeah. Yeah. finished top of their Europa League group with the teams like um, Benfica in their group. Yeah. So obviously they're yeah. doing very well. Yeah. With Cal's podcast uh, a few weeks ago, I hopped yeah. on about Gerard for a long time, and I could do it again, but I won't. Um, but obviously, Steven Gerrard, one of the best players in football, full time period. No, like no specification to which team or country. Just in terms of footballers ever, I think Gerard rates highly in the best players yeah. of all time. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, there's a really
1: good documentary about him on Amazon Prime. If you haven't yeah. seen it, "Maker's
0: Dream" well. it's very good. Yeah. Of course, we've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Liverpool fans, George,
2: come on! <laughs> right, we we can well, watch well, on a Thursday because we have nothing to do on Thursday. But he you're 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 to watch on a Thursday now, didn't you? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting slated there, boy.
0: Right, let's crack anyway, on.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna. Two strikers. Um, again, I'll keep me, me, me sort of favourite one to the end. Um, but I've, I'm going for Jamie Vardy. Basically, I, I, to me, he's a goal poacher. Coming from where he came from, you know, from 10 years ago, he was playing for a non-league side, yeah. uh, Sheffield in Sheffield. Um, Stock, what they would call it, but the Stockbridge, Stockbridge, yeah. Stockbridge uh, Park Steels, it it called, to where he is now, and, and I was watching him the other day. And, and he, he's just such a goal poacher. In fact, he, he scored in the last minute, at Brighton.
0: And then absolutely ruined the corner flag.
2: Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> he scored against Brighton. think wasn't it, in the last yes. minute? Uh, and it was just a ball came over. He, he took it down really well. The, uh, the defender made a mistake, but he took it really well, and he scored a cracking goal. Yeah. And, and to me, that is all about being, you know, a class striker. And, and, and that's all he's ever done really. And he, he you know, he is. He's one, He's a goal poacher. Yeah, you know he, he, but he can get himself in that position. I think that's the difference now, is having the players at Blaster. Now he's he's been able now to do his own thing, isn't he? You know he's been able to sort of hang around and whatever around the sort of you know the uh, goalmouth and whatever, and he's knocking him in left right and centre. Yeah, he's got his old full back. Whereas last year he lost that a little bit, and the year before that he lost one when they won the, the premiership. You know, he was first-class, wasn't he? I think yeah. Player the season, I think he was not all that.
0: Yeah, but like the England squad for the Euros yeah, well. and And
2: he was fantastic, but then he lost it a little bit, didn't he? Um, and then he, he, he's come back again this season. You know, Leicester have obviously come back again themselves, you know. But certainly, uh, he, he's got his goal, his goal, scoring boots back on again, if you like. I, I like the fact that somebody's come through like that. You know, they haven't just come... It, yeah, it's a story the time. Yeah, it's yeah. a Roy yeah. the Rovers kind you know, of story, it? you know, I think he played Fleetwood Town, didn't he, before he came yeah. over soon? Leicester. Leicester, you know, and then so,
0: even at Leicester to begin with, he was on the bench quite yeah, a lot. You know, There's like, a, a picture I saw the other day where it was um, a few years ago, and the, the Leicester bench was Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I look at him now.
2: I'm looking at him now, you know, two of the best strikers in the good yeah. league, you know, to be fair, you know. So it's, yeah. it, it is great to see, you know, rags to riches, if you like. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? You well,
0: Jamie Vardy's one of them ones there. if you looked at him, you'd think he's trying to sell you something. But then he's actually a very good football
2: player. Oh, he's, he's a tremendous footballer. You know? yeah, he really he's, has um, got it. You know, he's, again, he's got that tenacity, but he's, you know, he, he is quite aggressive in his football as well. Yeah. He's, he's, quite, he's quite a small guy. He's not, he's not yeah. a huge guy, is he? Sort of reminds but,
0: me of Luis Suarez in a way. Yeah, but, he, yeah. but he's got so, that
2: tenacity and he's got that um, aggression. But he's got such a, you know, his, his footballing skill is, is, is brilliant, you know. So so
1: quick as well, isn't he? Yeah. Because yeah, a yeah, lot of his goals yeah. are just played in behind the defence and then he runs onto it. He's so quick, especially like usually players when they age, they sort of lose that. But that's still a massive part of his game. Yeah, he's yeah, what, yeah. 30, 32, 33 now? Yeah. Yeah. I think he is now.
2: Isn't he? Yeah. yeah.
0: I you mean, know, he, but, I'm fairly sure he doesn't. Because if you look at, we spoke last week about sleeping patterns and different things players do to keep themselves and, <laughs> in shape and give themselves longevity. Jamie Vardy, as far as I'm aware, was smashing Red Bulls before games until like yeah. two seasons ago. Every game we just smash a Red Bull and then get out. Was of the there pitch. was there
1: yeah. was the joke about him celebrating Leicester's league title win with WKDs, wasn't there, and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> Jamie Vardy's having a party. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, he is. I think Brendan Rodgers you know, has been a massive influence at Leicester for to be honest. You know, he, he sort of given that free reign again. To be able to play as a striker yeah you know because yeah. i think he was was we put out on the wing a little bit a little wide forward yeah, yeah. and, bit, and yeah. i think he but he is an out-and-out striker like you say george he can hold the ball up uh, you know again i was watching a game a few weeks ago and he, he you know he takes the ball down his chest which he does really well and then next mm-hmm. week's turn that it scored yeah you know he's he's just he is he's, he's one of those players that can get in the right position and when he's in that right yeah. position he can he can use it and he can score some
0: cracking goals
2: yeah does score uh, all kinds of goals
1: He's broken a fair few records as well, hasn't he? He he beat uh Rude Vanister's record for most consecutive Premier League games scored in. Yeah, eleven number, I think yeah, eleven, possibly. Think. And he's also now the uh oldest player to ever win the Golden Boot. Wow, there
0: you go, well, nice. Fair play, yeah. fair play too. Yeah. Fair play. Right, so there's one striker. So, um, who's your, who's so your partner what,
2: in up top? Right, so the last one is again. It's a an ex former Liverpool player. I can guess who it is, Nice. Right. Uh, Ian Rush. There you go. Yeah. Well, they'll give you a chance then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to entice the listener into a bit of suspense. Yeah, but no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> not for Chris. We're going straight in. Right. Ian Rush, great choice. Ian Rush, brilliant. Well, uh, he, he's the leading goal scorer for Liverpool with 349 goals. I think it's three four nine, three, four, six. I'm not too sure what. Um, but basically, you know, he, he in his day again, very similar players to JB Vardy. Um he was there, you know. If there was a loose ball in the box, it was in the back of the net. Yeah, you know, he, he had that ability to put himself in the right position. He played with some fantastic players, Kenny, he Dalglish. Yeah. you know, they're still big pals now, aren't they? Kevin Keegan. You know, Kevin Keegan. But it, but it, but he he played, you know, with, with the best, if you like. Uh, and he was in such a good team during the eighties. Um, You know, basically, he won everything, didn't he? Yeah, you know, uh, he, he had a little, little bit of a blip when he got, he got sort of, um, he went over to Juventus, Juventus for twelve months, where it he, he didn't suit, him, didn't suit his style of play. You know, he wasn't getting fed. He, he, I think he scored about three or four goals while he was there. Wasn't getting fed. They starved him. That's a bit <laughs> harsh. No, I mean, he was you know <laughs> I mean? why he
0: wasn't getting many goals, <laughs> isn't
2: it, it, it? Well, <laughs> that's what I mean. He wasn't actually getting the ball, if you like. <laughs> a malnourished, you know, Ian rich, it, he, he just was not hack it. <laughs> He was that type of player that had to sort of be given the ball, if you like. Yeah. You know, most of his goals were scored in and around the penalty area, you know. Um, so he was that type of player, you know, yeah. the ball would have to be put there for him. Just a poacher. Yeah. If it was put there, he would score. You know, and I think uh, you know, as as a as a servant to Liverpool, like, you know, you could get better. You know, because in fact I think he played if I look at his facts, he, he played about 150 times for Liverpool, went to Juventus, came back, and then played another 250 times. Yeah, to Liverpool, you know, so he had a, a long um, career, just a, he had a long career at Liverpool, you know. And I think he's he, he, regarded as one of their ambassadors now, Drew.
0: Yes, he is. He yeah, is. He's one of the ambassadors.
2: he does a lot of you stuff know, in uh, yeah. Asia when yeah, you go out know, there. So, um, but he, he you know, he's, he's just scored some tremendous goals over the years, like you know. And yeah. I think to me, again, similar to Bardi, he you know, he's a goal scorer, he's a poacher, you know. And, and to me, he has to be there, he has to be in my team.
0: Yeah, great know. choice. So, and also, he's from St. Asif, no. He was born in St. Hassan. Born in St. Tassin. So, where is he from? Flint. Flint. There you go. Close enough.
1: One of the, like, <laughs> rare people in North Wales. Like, there's not massive amount
2: of football players that come from North Wales and actually no. do... No. Well, get, oh, Kevin Ratcliffe, wasn't it? Obviously, Gary Speed. Yeah. Mickey Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Thomas. Robbie Matt, Savage. Alvin Griffiths. Um, <laughs>
1: Mickey Thomas I, I mean at the level that Ian Rush played <laughs>
2: yeah. Mickey Thomas played he at United. So he played at United no
1: no I'd been, a, yeah. I meant
2: uh, <laughs> I, I meant mean. I Robbie Savage Robbie oh, Savage yeah 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 he played yeah. for yeah. Leicester yeah in Birmingham no, I know what you mean yeah but you know to be fair he, 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 was, at, he was at a time when Kevin, Kevin Ratcliffe obviously was at Everton you know so they, they were um, obviously both in the Welsh team as well at the same time you know so it's just sad that really the likes of those players didn't get to play on the the world stage if you like like the current world you know uh, like some of the you know obviously the ones at the moment you know
0: that's um, what Wales are crying out for I mean Kiefer Moore has done the job when he's come in I do I do yeah. rate Kiefer Moore yeah. but can you imagine yeah. Gareth Bale and Anna Ramsey
2: feeding Ian Rush Oof, that'd, be incredible. Yeah, that'd be fantastic Oof. and that'd be the thing would it you know so, winning the World Cup for that yeah. oh yeah you know, so it's uh it is a shame really that he never got that stage you know but no. certainly he did it in Europe you know in relation to you know European Cups and whatever yeah and certainly won the Premiership a number of times. Or the old league division one, should I say. Yeah. Uh, a number of times. And also,
0: a uh, another rocker of a
2: great pawn tash. Yes. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the OGs.
0: There's not a lot
1: of players, is there, that... Like, say, from, you said he went to Juventus and then came back to Liverpool. Not a lot of players that can always make that work. In the fact nope. that they yeah. they leave... Do their thing, realize they're not they're not the right player for that system. Come back and still make it work because he still had obviously his goal return in his first stint at Liverpool was probably better. In fact, it was better. But he still he still scored a fair few goals in his time in that
2: second stint as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah without well, that, that He never lost it. I think it was. I think like you say, he didn't get the service that he had at Liverpool when he went to Juventus. Yeah, yeah. that's perhaps a better uh, wording, you know. But I never think got a goal it, for Wrexham though. Oh, right. I don't know. Well, he, didn't he play for Chester as well? Uh,
1: yeah, the he his
2: career. Yeah, I think he played at Chester. Didn't he? I think he, he managed Chester as well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Everyone makes God, mistakes. Played, <laughs> played for Liverpool and managed Chester. I, I know, I know. If he wasn't Welsh, I'd hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I think when he went to Juventus, I think he, he was sort of regarded as possibly the next John Charles. Because obviously John Charles, famous player. Yeah. You've heard of John Charles? Hmm. Um, famous player from the um, 50s and 60s. Uh, and went to, I think he actually went to Juventus, I'm sure. Yeah, he did. And did very well out there. And I think that people thought that Ian Rush would have gone there and done a similar thing. But sadly, he didn't. He, just right. did, he didn't settle there at all.
0: Rambo's doing it out there for him now. He was very good the other night for
2: Juventus. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, all good. Yeah, good. good. Yeah, he does. Oh, so, there we
0: are. What a, so, what a start in 11. Super yeah. sub. What we saying? Super sub. Yeah, he yeah. is it.
2: Okay. <laughs> it was, your dad mentioned him uh, a couple of weeks ago David Fairclough David Fairclough uh, you know, no. he, he was your classic super uh, sub he was regarded as that, that was his nickname basically David, David Fairclough he would come on and he would score goals he was uh, a game saver to be fair he had bright ginger hair <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't miss him but he, he to be fair he, he was class you know but uh, unfortunately he never lost that That's a bit about that image, you know. He he was the super sub, and that was it, really. So, you know, although he did start, obviously, you know, some first games. There's
0: worse things to be, I guess. If you're fresh, he he
2: was your classic super sub, you know. So, and and again, he did, you know, for Liverpool, he made some fantastic, you know, goals and scored a few goals and all that type of thing, you know. But it was just a shame he couldn't get that that image away from him, you know. Yeah. Just
0: to be clear, you are definitely choosing him because I've been by this before. We Googled him. We did all this sort of stuff, and then Glyn went, "Oh, I'm actually not choosing him." Yeah, are no, definitely no, choosing no, him. No, eh? no, no, it isn't. Ah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's
2: yeah, good. Yeah. That's <laughs> welcome, <calling> yeah. <laughs> what a team! Great
0: choices in there. Finally, some Liverpool yeah. players that I could talk about. Surprisingly, a United player. I'll talk to you about that later, we'll afterwards. <laughs> so we'll take a short break, and then we will crack on with the remaining elements of your side. Okay, and Dad,
2: who is your manager? Well, I suppose my choice would be, looking at what happened last season, what's happened in the last sort of five years, should I say, would be Jurgen Klopp. But I'm not going to choose Jurgen Klopp.
0: If you say Alex Ferguson, I'm no, getting disowned I'm, you. I'm
2: going I'm to bring it right <laughs> down to earth, I'm, and I'm going to bring it down to when you two guys play football. <laughs> oh, and, and somebody who I think we can admire, um, and, and for what he did for you guys, you know, what he how much of an impulse he was when you playing football when you were young is your old manager, Keith. Keith, darling. <laughs> what a man. You know what? Fortunately, I was... Oh, I, was uh... <coughs> I sat yesterday talking with Lisa and I said, you know what? I'm going to choose Keith. Lisa's He's my mum, by the way. Because, what, you know, what he gave to you kids. Bear in mind, when you first started playing, I don't think you ever won a game. Or oh, you very rarely won a game, did you? No. But you turned up. Come rain, shine, snow, ice, sleep, Whatever you guys would turn up and so would Keith. You know, and there was never a moan. He'd never moaned. He was always smiling. He always had a happy face. And he was always encouraging you know, to play well, to do this, to do that. You know, nothing was ever, ever too much trouble for him. He would always be there for training. You know, as I obviously helped out for, you know, for a year or so. Uh, and, and he was such a, a real nice guy. But he just encouraged you guys all the time. And to me, that that's what a manager's all about, is, is giving that commitment. Bear in mind, this is amateur football we're talking about given that that commitment and been able to get you guys to sort of do what you did and eventually you think you, you you had quite a decent little team, didn't you? You know, your last season, you played well, didn't you? Yeah,
0: that was a lot down to the yeah. fact that um, one of the nearby teams, Colin Bay FC, folded and we got all of their good players. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I think yeah, pretty much. You're still going to have somebody to manage all that. <laughs> no, you? no, yeah. no. I'm not, I'm not know, bad uh, about his achievements. Uh, uh, and, and I, I was going
1: to say as well, Chris almost dropped us in it there saying that we barely won any games. That was true at the beginning yeah. We did eventually start winning we games.
2: <laughs> well, I, I did bring that in. Yeah, that in. yeah, yeah. You have to start low and then bring you up, you know. Um, but, but yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. I swear.
1: Yeah. I swear. We went so many
2: games without a win at the very beginning
1: of uh, Penn and Brin.
2: But he, but he stuck with you, didn't he? He stuck with you, and, and he made sure that you know you you still got the encouragement, yeah. you know. And I think um, I love that. And and he, and he was there. Yeah. How long were you there for? Five years. Uh, five or six, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're thinking he was there all the time. Very rarely did he have, yeah, yeah, was you know, a, 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 a day away from the game, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and he did all that training with you and, you know, we helped get people round and sorted all the kits out. And He gave some outrageous you nicknames know? to players. That was always yeah. a highlight as well. But but to me, that's what go. it's all about, isn't it? There you go, hope. You know, so we can talk about, you know, <clears throat> um, your, your Klops, your Fergusons and people like that. You know, they get paid a, a massive salary to what they do. And yes, you know, they do. A fantastic job but people like Keith who are there at the, at the grassroots level are there doing it for nothing and they've and they yeah. given all their time up and to me that, that's what it's all about yeah well without people like yeah. Keith in that sort of
0: grassroots level there wouldn't be the professional football players we have today no. because everyone starts somewhere
2: no exactly and so, everyone
0: needs that first manager so yeah great so choice so that's
2: why I've chose Keith shouts out you to know. Keith
0: so well done Keith well
1: Shout out to Keith Dowling.
0: Yeah, uh, just a quick shout out to his assistant manager Alan Daniels, who was the assistant manager slash temporary linesman, who would shout instructions as the linesman. the
3: linesman.
0: Yeah, and he'd always shout instructions and shout at the opposition players from linesman. <laughs> a very professional outfit we had.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a great choice. <laughs> great trip down memory lane for us.
1: Right, love that manager choice, obviously for very personal reasons. Where are we playing, Chris?
2: Right, okay. So, again, a couple of, a couple of years ago, um, me, me and uh, Lisa, my wife, went to Lefkas, one of the Greek islands, okay? Anyway, one day we decided to go for a walk to see this waterfall. Now, this is a very sparse area, very, very low populated area. And in, as we walked along this road now to this, um, to this waterfall, we came across this football stadium in the middle of nowhere. And there, and there, there was this football stadium, Nidra football stadium and if you go on google Maps now you can still see it i remember taking a picture or a few pictures of it because it was to me it was fantastic you know the fact that we're in the middle of this holy island and and it's normally just full of tourists for about six months of the year and that's it but this place had a proper football stadium and it was fantastic to see you know i thought what a great what a great thing to see and i thought yeah i always remember always thought well you know football starts as we just talked we spoke before about with keith Football starts at the sort of, you know, a low level, doesn't it? You know, and there we are in the middle of, a, you know, an extremely small island. And you've got this football stadium. You know, he only had a couple of stands, but it, it had a proper football pitch and everything. Fences around it and everything. It was great. And to me, that was, that That to me thought, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, amazing. I, I'd love to play in a place like that. It'd yeah. Be great, you know. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. You know, you go on holiday with your mates and go have a game of football. You know, on a yeah. proper football pitch with a stick, with a, you know, with a, with a stand and everything. Uh, with a couple of stands, it was brilliant. You nah, know? Sounds amazing, I actually. Yeah. You know, I could choose your Anfield, I could choose your Rexhams and things like that. But I thought to me, that was what football's all about. Yeah. You know, football's yeah. anywhere, everywhere, isn't it? Anywhere and That's everywhere. Cool. a cool little moment as well. You know, it's <laughs> getting okay, so a it was, bit emotional, this, yeah. isn't it? So uh, it was really good. It was really good. That's really nice. <laughs> Last but not least, <laughs> yeah. what kit is this team playing in? Well, they get to play in one of my favourite kits from the 70s. Peru National Kit, 1978, which is white with a, a diagonal red stripe. Beautiful.
0: So much like um, River Plate in Argentina. That similar, yeah, yeah. That, that with, similar a red with a red stripe. With red
2: stripe. It's right right across, you know. It's, it's, yeah. It's uh, one of my favourite kits. And I, the only reason I chose it is I always remember it from when I was watching football as a kid. And, and seeing these uh, South Americans playing football um, in this sort of bright white kit that's the one. And, and it's just superb, you know. It was, um, and I thought, yeah, that's that's the kit for me. That's what my team is going to play in. Well, there's uh, there's Christmas presents sorted for dad. So it's it's a nice well. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice one. as well. It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really nice.
0: Very clean cut. <laughs> yeah. Very. It is very similar to that of the uh, River Plate. For anyone else, you you're sort of trying is to. That the Argentinian is it Argentinian Lake? team River Plate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they play in white with a red stripe yeah, across. Yeah, it. It's very yeah. similar to that, but yeah. a bit more. Clean, there's not a lot going on on it, which is a beautiful kit. It yeah. really is nice. Yeah. Well, now we have it. What a team. So, we'll quickly go back through your choices just to uh, remind you of what you've chosen. And I then, for goal reign, is for you yeah. to name the team. Okay. So, in goal, we've got Zimbabwe and Mate Beleland legend, Bruce Troblar. In defense, on one fullback, we've got Trent Alexander Arnold with Norman Hunter bites your legs and Paolo Maldini at centre-back, with Andrew Robertson at left-back.
1: Yeah, in midfield. uh, You've gone for a midfield that pretty much just consists of central midfielders, but that's pretty cool, I think. So we will start with Arvin Griffith. We have the Brazilian Falcao, who we found out that um, the striker Falcao was named after because of how good he was. We've got Paul Scholes and Steven Gerrard as well, which uh, me and Drew have had this debate many times, but they're (laughs) obviously both absolutely fantastic world-class midfielders.
0: Yeah. Then on to the strikers. We've got James Vardy and Ian Rush. What a great partnership that would be. And your super sub is David Fairclough.
1: Yeah. And then we go on to the manager, who is uh, the manager of mine and Drew's football team from when we were younger. It's Keith Dowling. Absolutely love that. Legend. Uh, the stadium is Nidra in Lefkas and the kit is the Peru kit from the 1970s.
0: And there we go. So, Dad, Chris, sorry, podcast fans, <laughs> <fund. laughs> what is the name of this team? Chris's City 11. Chris's City 11. <laughs> well, there's our entry for worst team name. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much for on the pod, Dad.
2: Hey, Chris. Thank you, George.
0: Thank you. This is the seventh podcast we've recorded. This is the sixth one that will come out, but it's the seventh one we've recorded because we did one out of order, which will all make sense soon. And I thought, finally, a Liverpool fan. I don't have to talk about United players anymore. And then he picks bloody Paul Scholes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: In order, he picked him before Steven Gerrard. It was probably because he was trying to build up to Steven Gerrard, but still, I love that. Oh,
0: Jesus. If he hadn't picked Steven Gerrard, I genuinely think I might have had to like disown him and <laughs> change families.
1: It doesn't help our Stevie nope. G
0: versus Paul's Clothes debate. But, uh, well, maybe that can be the end yeah. of it, that they're both in one team together. There you go. There
1: you go. All oh, we'll there. say is,
0: uh, any future guests, please don't choose them or Frank Lampard.
1: <laughs> yeah, what a team.
0: Yeah, great choices in there. Quite Liverpool central in certain places. Not as many Liverpool players as I thought there might be, to be honest with you. Um, no. A good selection, but I didn't. it wasn't quite Josh's where he just had United players. I thought my dad might have gone for more Liverpool players, but it's a good mix. Some great players in there. Some players that um, I don't think we'd heard of, to be honest, but by his description, they sound very good.
1: Bit of shame of one of the uh, choices with in the fact that he was a Wrexham legend and I hadn't really heard of him. Which is a bit embarrassing yeah. on my part, but... I would definitely be googling him afterwards and talking to my dad. But yeah, yeah. But yeah.
0: Well, that's a good thing about this podcast. We can uh, bring yeah. players old into the new generations. And if there's not a highlight reel of Avon of Griffiths on YouTube, if one of our listeners could find all that and make one, there you go. We'll carry on his legend. <laughs> there you go. the
1: The Liverpool players that uh, your dad has chosen as well. I can't. I can't argue with any of them. Yeah, because uh, like, like was mentioned in the podcast, uh, but. With Trent and Robertson, have redefined that role in uh, at least in British uh, football, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Because there's no one better than
0: them, and they've made that position popular again. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as well, um, as my dad said, he hadn't put in wingers because he had those two. And that's sort of yeah. something that you can consider as a modern football manager that you can have fullbacks and not need wingers because you've got, I mean, I know a lot of teams play five at the back now. But Liverpool don't. Liverpool play with four at the back, and they still use them as pretty much wingers, which is uh, says a lot about the tactical work that goes into the modern game of football.
3: Yeah,
1: it's hard to it's hard to sort of prepare for that as well. When you've got you've got the wide players in, in Liverpool Marnay Mane and Salah, and then behind them you've got Robertson and Trent running in as well. It's
0: yeah, it's a lot. Bomb, isn't it? A bombardment, blitzkrieg yeah. football, as it was once described when Jurgen Klopp came in. <laughs> less so now than it was when we used to just outscore teams it's a bit more calm now but that is sort of the idea isn't it just bombarding teams I'm quite surprised and with a few of the got, choices um, to be honest yeah. I, I, I didn't think uh, Jamie Vardy would get in there to be honest definitely didn't see Paul Skulls getting in there and then obviously I've never heard of I was Norman I was Hunter. surprised at Jamie Vardy yeah I think it's a good no. choice it's a great choice he's not been spoken about so far he, when he retires he will go down as one of the great Premier League strikers and Not just because of his story, because obviously everyone's heard the story yeah, a thousand times. And
1: yeah, he, he's just—it's—it's it's one of those things in the fact that, like, if you—if you play against Leicester now, he's the one you worry about, and he has been for the past four or five years now.
0: He—he's an incredible player. That's true. Yeah, but it says a lot about the—the the amount of talent that's just sitting there in the non leagues just waiting to be given the chance.
1: Yeah, you—you sp- you spoke about it. I think Jamie Vardy got his one chance and absolutely took it and ran with it. Yeah, ran with it. So,
0: yeah never look back which is great yeah it's fantastic so yeah great team there great manager obviously means a lot to both of us he was our manager for Penn and brin back in the day he's also our first guest owens <laughs> yeah. uh manager he granted owen the yeah. nickname big o which then became big, big o. oe so <laughs> i mean <laughs> let's not read too much into that bit of a strange nickname but there you go yeah, but a great right. manager and a top man as well whatever you we doing out yeah, there Keith? Great man. shouts out to you um, the stadium. a Nice little story about the stadium. Obviously, not somewhere you'd expect to find I love the stadium. St-
1: I love stuff like that as well. And it, it would, it would have been like an amazing little moment just to be to be walking along a Greek island, not expecting any sort of thing like that, and then just stumbling upon it. It's pretty cool, yeah. isn't
0: it? it's is really cool. It's something like my dad said. He, he, like, I made a joke saying it's getting a bit emotional now, but it's really nice that that's what football can mean to someone where you see yeah. where it starts and you just take it face value. Like that's just a football stadium that people enjoy playing football in. And that all it, that's all it needs to be. And then the game remember, just goes up from there. I think it's amazing.
1: I remember when I went out uh, a couple, I can't remember how many years ago now, to Madeira with my family. And obviously Madeira is where um, Ronaldo was born and grew up. And there's so much stuff about him around there and how where he started off and how poor he was and how poor his family was. So the places you got to see that he played football compared to the places where he's playing football now things like that like where it all started for someone yeah, someone yeah. like Ronaldo it really wasn't wasn't great and he's he's thrown so much money at Madeira now to sort of pay back for all of that
0: it's yeah incredible. yeah Start from the bottom now we're here Drake vibes yeah
3: exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> the kit beautiful now yeah it really is really and then uh so that is my dad's next birthday present sorted. It isn't until next December so I probably would have forgotten by then but that's uh, Christmas or his birthday sorted for next year. Are they Are actually selling it that particular one as well? I'd, I'd To be fair it did say 42 quid on the link but I, don't, I didn't click the link it looked a bit, bit sick. Classic kits can be quite expensive can't they? They can yeah. But yeah it's a really nice kit they're very clean cut must have been quite iconic back in those days where a lot of the shirts were just either stripes, hoops or plain shirts so to have just one diagonal line must have been a bit yeah. different. Yeah, that that was out there at that point, and now you've got ridiculous kids. Oh, yeah, now you've got outrageous kids. But, you know, that's just the way the game goes. Everything comes back around eventually. Oh. Best player in that team, do you reckon? I think I know for you who it is. Oh, well, it's Steve Gerald isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I would go Maldini for me, personally, yeah, as much as enough. I love Skulls. Um, I can't, <laughs> I can't look, look past him. Obviously, the, some of the players there that I'm not as... Um, Familiar with familiar with might might be up there with them, but uh, for me it's Maldi and I remember as a kid because I love Roma obviously, and I love I used to, I don't know why I used to have this fascination with like Italian football and like watching Juventus, into Milan, AC Milan, Roma, and he was just insane. He was an incredible player, and I yeah. I used to play at fullback when we were younger as well, so it's nice to see like
0: a big player playing at that position. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the greats. Yeah. In terms of worst player, hard, isn't it? For sheer lack of knowledge on, on him and then sort of comparing the level that he played at compared to the rest of the team, I'm gonna have to go to Arvon Griffiths. Yeah, always, I think that's always very to. good, but in just in a like conventional sense of the team that he played for and the the level that he played at, I would have to put him there because the rest of them my dad's chosen a very, very good team to you be get fair. a very strong side, yeah. isn't it? Very strong side. Yeah, I I don't know how, I think, I don't know how Keith can get on managing all those it. players, but there you
1: go. <laughs> you give him <them> outrageous nicknames. <laughs> but yeah, I I think I'd have to agree with you, just like you say, just for the level of football they're playing. Because so luckily over the past the past episodes we've had like there's been a kind of comedy player in there that you can say, Yeah, they're the worth one but with this one, it's not too obvious. So I think it would have to be him for the
0: level of football he played at compared to yeah. the others. No disrespect to No, absolutely not. Of Griffiths, just we don't know enough about you to uh, comment. There we go. Another week, another pod, in the bag. Yeah. We're racking them up now. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. So as always, if you would like to follow along on the journey, you can follow us on our social media channels, on Instagram and on Twitter at the handle at Nostalgia FC pod. We are also available to listen to on all of your good podcast providers. So you've got Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Anchor, Pocket Casts, all the ones, all the hits, all the classics. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. I've, I, uh, I've been revising that. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. And uh, one thing, uh, obviously, we appreciate all your support so far, but if you are listening to us on a platform that has the function of rating and reviewing. If you could go ahead and give us a five-star review, that would be amazing. It would really help us get the podcast out there.
1: Yeah. And another thing that we sort of mentioned this podcast, but even if, if you listen to any podcast and have something to say about anything we've said, please do get in contact with us on, on one of the socials. It, it would be really cool to hear from you and hear your thoughts on things as well. Um, Definitely. Get a bit of
0: rapport going with the fans. Oh, yeah. All the fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, all that's left to do is wrap up this team and uh, give you a nudge in the direction of next week's episode, which will be our Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah, we won't say too much about that. Keep you guessing, but it will be a Christmas special, so tune in for that. We'll see you there. But for now, that was Chris Roberts, my dad, delivering Chris's City 11, and what a team it was. And what a team it was. (laughs) <laughs> Who's the woman on the door? Uh, that would be Taylor Swift. This is my old bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, right. So they've in. Please redecor- leave
1: that in. They've, leave that in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they've redecorated the room, so my name is still on the wall, <laughs> but they've now put my nephew's names on the wall. They've painted all the walls, but the only thing they've left from my room okay. is the Taylor Swift poster on the door.
1: Taylor Swift. Wow. Okay. There you go.
0: A little insight. <laughs> yeah, I did notice before she was behind right.
1: me. <laughs> I've been wondering for a while, and I was like, "What? Where is that in in the house?" Right. Okay.